because I've changed. Since I read your book, oh my God, I've changed so much of my tactics with men and then use that to my advantage, which your book is amazing for it. At least just making you realize. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 33-year-old Lizzie, who has been in a 10-year relationship with 33-year-old Taylor. Taylor recently broke up with Lizzie, who soon after got a very serious and life-changing health condition. Lizzie wants to marry Taylor, but doesn't know if that's possible since he left her for someone else. Lizzie wants to know if she can break no contact given the severity of her diagnosis and if it's possible for Taylor to ever love her again when her circumstances have become so bleak. Welcome, Lizzie. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so sorry to hear this, and I want you to feel free to share, you know, whatever you'd like to share and not share. In other words, we know that this is a serious condition. Is this lifelong, or is it something... Um, at least we can know if it's lifelong or something, uh, you know, that, that will be over. It is unfortunately lifelong. It is mm. a progressive debilitating condition. I'm happy to share what it is. Um, I was diagnosed with aggressive multiple sclerosis. Um, mm. I am no longer walking. I am in a wheelchair now. And as someone that was a dancer um, just a few months ago. It has been devastating. I am essentially an entirely different person than I was just a couple months ago. Um, and this all is on the heels of my soulmate leaving me um, abruptly out of the blue. We had just picked engagement rings. Um, we lived together. He, we woke up one morning and he said, you need to move out. Um, and um, that was pretty much it. I found out after that there was another girl. And to my understanding, he is with her. Um, I don't have a whole lot of specifics about that relationship. I don't really know, you know, if it began before, if it began after. I don't know how we met her. I don't know anything. Um, I just know that it took about a week after him ending our relationship before I started to feel very strange. Um, I felt this weird feeling in my leg 
and everyone was telling me it was anxiety, which I believed that it was because I was so devastated by the, I mean, I did not see this breakup coming. We were trying to buy a house. We had just picked a ring. Um, he was talking about what we were going to name our kids. And about a week after that tingling started, I could no longer move my leg. I couldn't feel my foot. I couldn't stand up without falling. Um, and it took about two weeks after that um, for the MS diagnosis to come in. We did a week in the hospital of infusions to try to restore any feeling in my legs. That did not work for me, sadly. Um, and so my prognosis is not very positive at this point. Um, I don't know if I will ever walk again. My doctor doesn't know if I will ever walk again. It is probably something that will continue to get worse throughout my lifetime. Um, and uh, that's, that's where I am today. I'm so, so touched by your story. I can just feel everyone listening their hearts going out to you. And I want everyone listening to when you hear this to be energetically sending Lizzie all your good thoughts, feelings, wishes, hopes, everything her way. And Lizzie, I'm glad that you're here because I think I can offer you a few things that are going to be very, very helpful to you. And we want to focus now solely on what it is that you want and getting you what you want to have, okay? In other words, have people been given very dire diagnoses and then come out of it, changed everything, gotten what they want, overcome, prevailed? Yes. And what that means is if any human ever has done it, you can too. Thank you. I. I am, everyone keeps telling me how strong I am. I certainly don't feel strong. Um, I think this would have been a devastating diagnosis with Taylor by my side, um, but not having him here, not having him come with me to my appointments, not having him support me through this and going through it alone is, a layer that I think is impossible for the people in my life to understand. Um, and if I could get what I want, it would be my life with him back. You know, I know that the life that we had before, it's not ever going to be like that again. But what I want more than anything is for him to want to be here with me and fight this with me and be my teammate in this the way that he would have been, you know, a few months ago. 
And I think for me that has been the most difficult part emotionally is just how much my life has changed in such a short time span. Um, and, you know, my doctors were saying that it is probably the stress of the breakup that triggered the MS. Um, not that to say that it gave me MS, but it was probably dormant in my system and the extreme anxiety and depression that stemmed from the unexpected nature of the breakup and, and the unexpected move from my home and um, all of the things that came with that is what caused the flare-up that I am in the throes right now. And what I want desperately, obviously, you know, I want my health back, but I can't go back in time. Um, I just want, I want my best friend back and I want my family back. I totally understand that. And I think that it's a very, um, a, a good way to, to heal in a sense is to, is to focus there and know that you can have it. You're in shock right now. I mean, the way things have changed for you, this all happened in a time span of what? What are we talking about? Two weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's been so since this happened, it's now been a month and a half um, since it happened, but it was a, a week after the breakup that the symptoms started, and then a week after that that it was, like, bad. Wow. And you say you've been going through this alone. Where is your family? Where are your friends? That's a really good question. Um, so my family has been incredibly supportive. I moved back in with my parents, um, and they've been there for me. But at my age, it's really hard to depend on your parents. It's not something that I feel, you know, fulfilled by is like having my, you know, 70 year old parents, they're struggling emotionally. My friends have all basically abandoned me. Um, not one person came to see me in the hospital. I spent my 33rd birthday alone getting infusion treatments in the hospital. Um, the only people that were there were my parents and the nurses who were amazing and they got me a gift and wrote me the nicest card. Um, but my friends haven't been here. My friends haven't sent anything. My friends text me a lot. They text me like, how are you feeling today? I think, you know, at a certain point, I, I don't know what, if they're expecting me to say, I'm feeling great. Everything's good. Um, you know, I had a falling out with one of my closest friends who is getting married this weekend. Um, I told her that I wouldn't be able to come to her wedding anymore um, because of my health issues. And she did not even respond to me. And um, I'm finding friends to not fully be able to cope. I think mm. my friends either don't want to be friends with the crippled girl or they don't want to be friends with the girl that doesn't have the boyfriend or the husband since they're all married and have kids, um, or they just don't have time to deal with 
me at the moment. So I have been feeling very lonely on the friend front. Um, but that's not the part that gets me. The part that gets me is Taylor not being here. Mm -hmm. That's the part that breaks my heart because I would have been, I would have been at the hospital the second I heard he was sick. And, and I know he knows I'm sick because my friends have told him. Um, but he, he hasn't. And that is something that's very difficult for me to wrap my head around because this is someone that I was in a very meaningful relationship with for a decade. This is someone that I considered my family. I mean, there would have never been a world where I would have not been his number one supporter. Um, and I know people are saying, get over him, like he sucks, move on. But the person I know didn't suck. The person I know was the most caring loving person the guy I know I mean he would drive to McDonald's at 3 a.m. if I had an upset stomach to get me a Sprite I mean this man worshipped me and so I don't know what happened um but I think a lot of the loneliness I'm feeling comes from him not being here in my world being so intertwined with him and our relationship and um not ever really feeling insecure in our relationship to have prepared myself for this. So let's unpack that for you. And for me, so that I can be the most helpful to you in terms of a seeing if we can possibly get this back and then taking the steps to do so. So it's going to be very helpful for me to get some of the history. Mm -hmm. Just like I do, you know, whether you would have a diagnosis like this or not, right? Because they are, in some ways, separate issues. Because it wasn't that Taylor left you because of the health condition. It happened before. So let's find out the why of that. And how we can do that is for you to tell me, first of all, how it was that you were together 10 years, what part of that was living together, and then when did you start to feel a change? So we started dating in our early, early 20s, and um, we didn't live together until the pandemic started. So I'll walk you through our history a little bit. Um, he has always had a massive fear of commitment. And he, um, five years ago, he broke up with me. It was, he wanted to take a break because we were about to move in together and he just panicked. And in that time, I found out that he had been on a dating app and had gone on a date with a girl and I was devastated. I was so hurt that he did that. Um, so we took two weeks apart and after two weeks he said, you know, I messed up. I just panicked. Um, I needed to just be sure. And I said, we, you know, I will be with you, but we need to get into couples therapy. And so for the last three years we had been in couples therapy not long after that, um, I ended up moving in with him, 
he, in the time that we were struggling five years ago, I, he bought a condo with his brother and his mom. And, um, we, a year ago had decided that we were going to sell that condo and get a place together. A year ago, when we had first listed his condo with his brother, there was a huge leak in the building and they had to pull it off the market. And it took a year for the renovations to be finished and to relist. So they relisted in May and um, that's when things started to get bad. The market where we live had cooled off drastically and they just weren't getting any offers on the place. And since then, we we had a couple of fights about, you know, lowering the price or not lowering the price, and things got a little bit tense in June about it. Um, but, you know, he still was, you know, taking me ring shopping and planning, you know, he had planned to, like, uh, he had planned to elope with me in Vegas with my family there. He had, like, planned this whole thing with my family. And, um... In June, at the end of June, we had one really big fight about the condo and, you know, the price of the condo. And after that fight, he basically just said, get your things out. And we took a week apart and took some space. And we came back together on the 4th of July. And everything was fine. We had a great time, except he got a text from a girl who I had never seen before. And I just said, like, who is that girl? And he was like, it's just a coworker, don't worry. And I looked at the text message and it was like very innocent. It was just about a TV show and I didn't really worry about it much. Except I, you know, Googled this girl and she did not work with him. And um, that really upset me. And I was like, why would you lie about who she is? I just didn't understand why he would lie about her or if he was cheating or like, I don't know, because it was such a short turnaround from our fight to, to that point. Um and that's that's the girl that he's now seeing. Okay, so this was in March. You said it started it was happening. In July. Sorry, that oh. was in July. So the fight happened the last week of June. We took a break and came back together in July. Um, once I questioned who that girl was, he got angry at me and said that you know you don't trust me after all these years of therapy. You should know how much I love you by now. Um, and if you still don't trust me, then we need to, you know, each get into therapy and we need to work on our problems. And um, so we took two months from, you know, like a month and a half, July through end of August um, with no contact. He wrote me the end of August and said, like, hey, can I see you? Like, I'd love to see you. So I went into that meeting thinking we were going to reconcile that he had missed me. Um, but that was August 27th. And that was when he officially ended us. Um, and he said that, you know, he would bring my things to my parents' house. So I didn't even get to go back to my home. Um, and it was a few days after that, that my legs started tingling. And two weeks after that, that I was in a wheelchair. Mm. Well, whoever is saying you're strong, I mean, I think it's clear to everyone hearing that you are because you haven't fallen apart you're here and what that says to me is that you have resilience and you do have hope 
those two things are going to serve you very, very well. Now we just have to give you a strategy, so to speak, and a way, right? Yeah. So I want to kind of break this down into to two areas, really. And one is, of course, Taylor and what you do to hopefully get him back. And then, of course, you know, the health situation, because I truly believe that you can do many things there that can help you regardless of the medical um, stuff or along with, I should say, the medical stuff. So let's look at um, where things are right now. It's only been like a month and a half since Taylor said, you know, it's time, you know, that we split for good and I'm going to take your things to your parents, correct? Correct. Okay. So this is really, really new and fresh. And after 10 years, I think that for him, it's likely what he's telling you has been absolutely true, meaning he loves you. In other words, he wouldn't have stayed in this relationship for 10 years had he not. Yeah, I believe that. I, I do not mm -hmm. question if he loved me or if he still loves me. I do think, I do know that he loves me. What I question is why he's acting like this when he knows that I'm sick. Because um, mm. I, know, I know he knows. Because okay. my friends have talked to him. Okay. Here's what I can tell you. You know him best. So is it fair to say that he is a good guy with a good conscience? I would say so. All right. So with that, it's kind of like what you're going through with your friends, in a sense. Just when you need the most, they're not there. And in some sense, it must be just mind-blowing. Like, how could this be, right? Yes. And why that can happen is that people internalize. And what can happen is that um, when something so uh, out of the blue happens in this way that's very um, shocking, uh, like you use the word, you know, it, it's it's a tragedy, right? When someone gets, it's devastating. People internalize, that could be me. And they don't know what to say, how to say anything. And so instead of doing the wrong thing, they do nothing. Mm -hmm. Their fear, anxiety, and not knowing makes them run away from it. <laughs> the same thing with him, except, so he didn't know you're, you would be sick. But regardless of that, he's feeling terrible. He would be even if you had not fallen ill. 
Is that fair to say? I I would think so, but he's been doing all sorts of things. I mean, he got LASIK eye surgery. He went to D.C. He's going to New York. He's going out to Disneyland with this girl. He's got packed, busy weekends filled with fun, and I'm in bed doing nothing except thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not... I don't think he's thinking about me because he's got all these plans and all these things he's doing. And he started following this girl's family on Instagram and, you know, very much intertwined with his new life. And he, you know, I'm a different person now, but he seems like a different person now too. And not in a good way, Mm. in a way that makes me think he's just not even thinking about me. He doesn't text me to see how I'm feeling. He doesn't, you know, check in to see how my appointments went. He did. So the day I had my spinal tap, he did text me and say, like, good luck with your spinal tap. Let me know how it goes. Um, And I just, I responded and said, I want cookies so badly, but I can't have cookies anymore or sugar or gluten or dairy. Um, And he said, well, if you want cookies today, I'll bring you some cookies. And I didn't have him bring me cookies because I just was not feeling well. Um, But that was like the one communication that we did have was you know that that day but that was October 3rd so that's been about two weeks a little over two weeks now um okay so here's my question to you then it's not a no contact situation not anymore so when I wrote you the message it was no contact um as of that day we had a, a slight contact and no contact again since then so how did he know you were having a spinal tap? Uh, my friend told him. I see. Yeah, that's how I know he knows I'm sick, as my friend told him. Okay. So when he did this, it was the first time when, because it, it's kind of important, he reached out after no contact and said, just that was his text good luck with the spinal tap yeah i think it was like i heard you were sick and getting a spinal tap good luck let me know how it goes ah what did you feel when he did that i felt good that he was thinking about me i see i see and just for listeners sake because it's very easy for listeners and why I think that this podcast is very important for women is that you see we can be objective about other people's stuff not our own and it's understandable to me how you would feel good that he was thinking of you however He didn't deserve an answer at all. And if you hadn't answered, it would get him to start feeling what he needs to feel. And I say this in attempting to prepare you for what you're going to need to do. Okay, I'm listening. 
So when people have had a very long relationship, marriages, long live-in situations, long relationships such as yours, what can happen is our romantic love turns into one of the two other kinds of love. There are only three kinds of love. Romantic, familial, and friendship love. Uh, pets kind of fall into between the familial and friendship love. Those are the only three kinds of love we can have. Like we can say we love nature, we love um, biking, we love pursuits, we love... But you see, in terms of actual love of humans, there's only the three types. And after a very long-term relationship, year after year, romantic love can easily turn into familial love. Like you said, he's my family. And when this does, men and women can go seeking romantic love elsewhere. And sometimes they're not even seeking it, but it creeps up on them. And it sounds like that's what happened here. What do you think about that? I think you're 100% right on his side. I don't think that the romantic side ever left for me. Um, but I, I agree with you in that it, it may have even become more of like a friend love for him. Um, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I do think that you're right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that the romantic love can't be re-sparked. It takes intention. It takes strategy on the female side of it. But for men, it can be re-sparked quite easily. Despite anything in terms of your medical stuff, it can be. If it was ever there, did he pursue you in the beginning at all? Oh, yes. In the beginning, I, uh, <laughs> I was dating him and another guy at once, and he was adamant that I become his girlfriend and I was like no because at the other time I wanted to explore things with the other guy and I was like nah like I mean I was like early 20s I was like no nah, I don't really know and he kept calling me his girlfriend and I was just like no stop calling me that I'm not your girlfriend and then there was one night it was like 10 o'clock at night he's like I need to see you right now and I said, like, no, it can wait. Like, you're not coming off in my pajamas. And he said, no, I, I can't, this can't wait till tomorrow. And I said, okay, fine. And he came over with, like, a huge thing of flowers. And he's just like, please, I need you to be my girlfriend. Like, when you said, when you said you weren't your girlfriend, like, I couldn't, it couldn't even wait till tomorrow. Like, I need you to be my girlfriend. Um, and, I mean, he definitely not only did he pursue me, he loved me so much from the beginning. I mean, he he was an amazing boyfriend, more than I ever could have dreamed until recently. So I would say he pursued me in the beginning pretty heavily. 
that's really good news. Okay? That's really good news. Because that can come back. It absolutely can come back. But it's going to be about what you do. Not about the disease you have. Not about the conditions that you find yourself in at the moment. But about what you do and how you feel about yourself as well as your thoughts about this. And I'm going to go over those three ways you do this when we come back. Have you been holding off going online or going back to online dating? Well, I hate to be the one to tell you, but online is the place men go to find dates. And I want you to be prepared to succeed in finding love. No more excuses. And now you don't have to make excuses because my one love approach to online dating is a game changer. This affordable go at your pace self-help course gives you what to text and say when he sends a lame hi. It explains how to guide a guy to call to introduce himself, which if you're not doing, you're setting yourself up for failure. I bet you didn't know that. And in the course, you'll find out why it's so important. One Love outlines the two things never to include in your photos and exactly where to go and where not to agree to go on a first meeting. Did you know that going for coffee is a no-no and dinner is even worse? Surprised? If so, then you've got to get this course so you can set the right tone for a man to be most interested in you should you be interested in him. Then you're in the driver's seat should you want things to go the distance. Because it's only when you set things on the right track from the start that you will have a real shot at long-lasting love from meeting online. The best part? As part of this incredibly affordable course, you get a full coaching intensive experience with me to ask me anything and everything you have questions about, maybe about a special guy you've met. So don't delay one more day. Go to coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs and click on my One Love Self-Help course. That's the online to never-ending love self-help course where you'll get everything you need to know to do online right this time around. That's coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs and we'll be talking soon. So Lizzie, in the break, you were telling me that you don't feel confident anymore and that's understandable yeah I think before I definitely was confident before um but you know there's definitely a mental shift that comes with being newly disabled um and I am now classified as disabled and will be for the rest of my life there is you know a knock to your self-esteem about the way you look the things you can do a big part of my identity was being a dancer I am not that anymore um, and I never will be and so you know I have lost an extreme amount of weight not intentionally um, to the point where I don't look healthy 
Um, and I just don't, you know, feel physically my best. I don't feel beautiful anymore. If you had asked me six months ago, I would have been like, yeah, I am. And I would have been, you know, I was mm-hmm. confident. I mean, not like super confident. I mean, I definitely had my insecurities, but not, not like this. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, you're going to have to put aside certain things in order to focus completely on what you want and not what's happening. Because if you fall into the what is state and not what you want state, it can be um, certainly very bad for you. And I hear you saying things that even if we just change the language, it's going to be very helpful to you. Like, for example, for the rest of my life. That is what others have told you, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's their perception of it. And yes, I'm sure there are doctors telling you that. But if you want to possibly change that trajectory, what would be the harm of attempting to do so? Like, you mean in in my own mind? Yes. Yeah, I think where I have struggled on that front is that I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Um, and so I've tried, you know, have a positive attitude, like be optimistic. Um, and every time for the last month and a half that I have tried that, I've been let down. And I think, you know, I've come to this point where it's just like, okay, prepare for the worst and be pleasantly surprised as for hope for the best and be disappointed. And I hate that way of thinking, um, but I just have been very much disappointed on a regular basis in the last two months. I mean, even when Taylor and I saw each other, when I thought we were reconciling and we weren't, you know, I went into that being like, he he just can't wait to see me. He's so excited. Like he missed me. And when it wasn't that, you know, I was disappointed. And I think there's additional pain in disappointment. We need to tweak that thinking. If you can uh, get a hold of it, and I think it is on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, it's an old um, film, 21 or two years old at this point, I think. The Secret. Have you seen it? I haven't. I've heard of it, though. Okay. It's incredibly uplifting. Something you're going to need to be doing all the time for yourself is lifting yourself up, okay? And this can be very helpful. Now, those of you in the manifesting community, I am not a law of attraction person. I am a law of assumption person, and I follow Neville Goddard's manifesting. However, the secret embodies a lot of these different um, principles that all manifestors follow. 
There is a story for you, Lizzie, specifically in The Secret. And it is The Miracle Man. And I'm going to give it to you here, but I want you to watch it as well. And watch it over and over. The Miracle Man was given this name by doctors, actually. The story is that he was a pilot. He's piloting his own plane, was alone in the plane, and the plane crashed. And he was paralyzed from the neck down. All he could do was blink his eyes. They, of course, they saved him at the scene, took him to the hospital, and he could still hear and see and he was told by the doctors his prognosis never move again never breathe on his own again he was on a respirator and virtually be paralyzed completely from the neck down now he also couldn't talk all he could do was blink his eyes. And in the movie, they have him, you know, they had an actor do these, you know, um, like reenactment portrayals, but then they have the real Miracle Man. And he's on camera talking about what happened to him. For every moment of his life in that hospital he rejected everything that was told to him he just rejected everything and said that's not my fate I'm breathing on my own he said so in my mind I started breathing every single I'm going to breathe I'm going to breathe and he said they gave me this prognosis and that I was going to be, you know, either in a nursing home or whatever for the rest of my life. I decided that I would walk out of the hospital by Christmas. Now, I don't know when he went in. I think it was, you know, if my mind serves me, April, March of the, of that year. And he decided he was going to walk out of the hospital despite what they were saying. And he said about his mind every single moment, because he could do nothing, every single moment of focusing solely on what he wanted. Nothing about what he was told, nothing about the reality, but only what he wanted. And they show the reenactment. Now he was wheeled, he had a wheelchair, to the front door. And they show him, he walked a few steps, breathing on his own, and then they show the actor actually talking in front of camera, talking, which he couldn't do, breathing on his own. And, you know, he has some trouble walking for sure, but he totally defied everything that medical science had said is possible. In other words, he actually healed himself with his mind. Now, that is an extreme case. But... What would be the harm of going for that, except I hear you saying, well, the possibility of disappointment. And really, when you think about that, 
the possibility of disappointment. Does the possibility of disappointment outweigh the possibility of success? Definitely no, like the success is worth it. Exactly, exactly. And if you get into manifesting, whereby you make up your mind of what it is that you're going to have and you actually live in that reality, so to speak, you can have it. There's a lot that is um, metaphysical, uh, quantum physics, um, psychological. In other words, there's nothing new here. It's just putting it all together in a sense. And it's a little bit mind over matter coupled with power of positive thinking coupled with um, quantum physics. It's just all together and you can decide on something and actually bring it into fruition. And there are so many people out there as never before you can get your hands on a multitude, all manner of materials that you can be binging on and doing this through. There are so many um, manifestors that you can watch now and, um, and start to get to work on this. This is also very useful in um, getting your specific person back. And so many manifestors work just with that on manifesting your SP. You'll hear that all the time if you get into this work. It's an umbrella I work under and the other umbrella, there's two umbrellas that I work under and bring them together. And that is doing the behaviors of what works with men to bring them to a point of a commitment, bring them back, get them the most interested and get what we want. It's so powerful when you bring these two things together. Now, Lizzie, you have the additional challenge, of course, of the um, physical, but you can work separately on that because I truly believe it has nothing to do with you getting back with Taylor. In other words, he didn't leave you because of this and it has nothing to do with him coming back. Can you suspend any of the maybe um, negative things going through your head at the moment and align with that in any way? I definitely can. I think it's funny you bring up um, Law of Assumption because I have been watching lots of YouTubes mm -hmm. and have been, you know, trying to work on that. And, um, you know, it, it's challenging because right now I'm suffering from a little, little bit of a depression anxiety um, sure. from all of this. So it's, it's hard to truly believe in the things that I, you know, want to believe. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I definitely want to. And I, I do believe in you know, manifestation, I think it's successful. I think 
like you said, you have to really believe it. And that's where I think for me, the challenge has been. I agree with you. He did not leave me because of this, which I, I agree. It probably would have been worse if he left me because of this, but I think it's so hard to feel like this won't be a hindrance in rekindling any sort of romantic attraction. Mm -hmm. I understand. But that's what we would work on because it's a must. It's truly a must. And it's not going to um, be a factor in his loving you. What's happened is what we talked about previously, that you did become family for him, him for you. And for men, that changing into familial love is very detrimental to a long-term relationship. We just can't let it happen. You can turn that around despite all that's happening for you by what you do. And you're going to have to do these things that work to bring a man back to the nth degree because of it. What do you think? I'm all ears. <laughs> okay. So, if you know um, anything about my work, um, what I'm about to say will likely ring true to you. So, for example, 10 years together and you had one breakup. What was happening in those 10 years that you did not lock this down to marriage? That's the magic question. Um... I think I didn't really feel ready for marriage either until probably the last year or two. And so I wasn't hugely in a rush, but I also know, I mean, I knew he had commitment issues and I didn't ever want to be the girlfriend that issued an ultimatum. And um, I think I just believed that when he was ready and when I was ready, we would, you know, do it. Um, and I think, I mean, I obviously wanted to get married. I still do uh, to him. Um, but it took us, you know, like eight years to even live together, um, which I know is a lot longer than most people would give in a relationship. Most people would have walked away. But to me, he mattered more to me than a ring. And he still does. And I didn't, I didn't want to, one, put an, issue an ultimatum because I didn't want to put that on him, but I also didn't want to issue an ultimatum out of fear that he would leave. Um, and for me, being with him just mattered so much more than all of that. And here's what I'm going to tell the listeners. Unfortunately, it can't matter more than that. And here's why. Because men don't love in the same way women love. If you've read my book, you understand that men love through wondering and longing. Women love through knowing. 
when we love someone, we're with them, we're bonded. There is no decision to be made. There's no wanting other men or situations or sex to overcome. It just is. It just happens. That's natural. That's nature. But it's also nature and natural for men that it doesn't work like that. And so because men only bond in one way, we must get them to that bonding. And that is by making a decision to commit. Commitment is taking on the responsibility to and for you as the one in his life. And because he didn't do it, um, coupled with the um, romantic love went out the window, this is what can happen. And I say all this just by way of explaining what has happened for him and why it is never wrong to get commitment and why a worthy opponent strategy is needed when you say, I don't accept anything less than complete commitment. And that is, um, if you watch on my YouTube, I have a video, the girlfriend law of diminishing returns. That's what this is about. And he will love you and be with you until something romantic comes his way that is way too compelling to give up. So when you get him back, you will never have that feeling again. And the only way you're going to really take him back is with full commitment. And right now that may seem such an impossibility and you would be so happy to just take whatever crumbs he could be willing to throw you. Like he gives her up and he starts maybe seeing you again. Correct? A hundred percent correct. Mm -hmm. But couldn't be more detrimental to you if you do it. Couldn't be more detrimental. Will not work. And we'll have you right back here in no time. And doesn't matter the situation with your health. Your health situation does not preclude you from being that amazing friend that you were to him, does it? No, but it makes me less sexy. Uh, that we're going to take away from your mind. In other words, um, you can have sex with him, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's different, but being sexy actually comes from the mind. Men will tell you that. Men, when they talk about women to other men, it's like, yeah, she was so hot. Her body was so hot and she was a dead fish lying there. Didn't care. Wasn't you know, into it. She thought her body was enough, right? That's basically. And there are, and we've all met people 
like they are not the most beautiful. They are not the best body in the room. They are not the most anything, yet they're alluring. Correct? Yeah. It comes from within. You have something that no other woman has in his life. History. That counts for a lot. In other words, you know him better than anyone, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were his best friend. Now, all we have to do is get the allure back and the interest up from him again. Now, that may sound like it's just too big of a, a hurdle at the moment. It does. It, honestly, it sounds impossible, but I trust you. Okay, good. You have to. You don't have a choice in that because it's a must. In other words, do you think or would you even want him to come back to you out of just guilt, pity, sympathy? Is that what you would want? No. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't. You want him to want you again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely possible. But the only way it's going to be possible is for you to... And this is oxymoronic. Is to not accept his... His uh, modicum of self-assuaging guilt-relieving action. That text you received was that. Guilt-relieving, self-assuaging action. Yeah, I'm, I, you're right. And it's, um, it's just awful, quite frankly. And you have to show him, this has made me superwoman. Which you are, Lizzie. This challenge that was dropped on me out of the blue is making me invincible. The strongest superwoman out there. It has to. Because he's going to want to be Superman to that. To have his best friend back. How do I show him that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Excellent question. Gonna answer that in a moment. Have you met a man you think might be the one? If so, you're likely riding a high. It's fantastic to have finally found something that really fits and feels right. 
After all you've endured in dating, the disappointments and the months or even years of being alone, not to mention the painful lost loves, it's wonderful to be able to take a breath and no longer have to wonder. But can you really relax? Well, if you're listening to me right now, have read my book, or watched me on YouTube, you likely know that relaxing in relationships and just letting things happen doesn't always end in you getting what it is that you desire and deserve. And it also doesn't get the man who loves you what he really wants and needs. Because men look to women to direct them in relationships. And men do best in marriage. That's right. Studies show that married men are much healthier and happier than their single counterparts. Men deeply desire the connectedness and purpose marriage provides them. But if you're not actively directing your relationship onto the right path, your Mr. Right could end up walking out of your life. Then both you and he have lost a lot, possibly a lifetime of health and happiness. And it could happen so easily, so quickly. He pursues you and presents as all in for months. You know you're on track, and then for seemingly no reason, he starts to pull back. Then you become anxious, and, and then things go off the rails. If you're here, you know you've made mistakes in the past. Some big, but some so small, you're baffled why things didn't work with a man who you know loved you. Why he just couldn't talk things out and work things out. But there is good news. If you now have someone, you can change the way you do things so that the end result changes. So that you get all that you desire and deserve and have no more disappointment and heartbreak. If you're here, you know that it's up to you to make a romantic relationship work and go the distance. That you need to be the mechanic of your relationship and set your GPS to the destiny you deserve and what will make you both happiest. If you're ready to make the little turns and tweaks that will be a game changer in your romantic life and commit to what works to get you everything you want with the man in your life, wait no more. My GPS program, the Groom Positioning System, will get you on the right road and keep you there so that you reach your destiny. Go to coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs to get all the details on the Groom Positioning System. There you'll fill out a simple questionnaire and in no time at all, you and I will be talking one-to-one about your unique situation. We'll have a full coaching session where I'll answer all your questions and give you all the particulars. We'll talk about your history and if your current situation is on track to meet your goal. Most importantly, I give you my honest, no holds barred assessment of your unique situation and my coaching on what to do right now to tweak things in your favor so you can have the complete commitment that ultimately makes both you and your man completely happy and fulfilled. Don't continue to delay doing something different. And please 
Don't kid yourself that because the man is different and things feel different this time around, that ultimately things will end differently because it's up to you. You need to do things differently to finally get what you desire and deserve. I have the simple, subtle, and value-based tweaks that put you on the path to commitment. And week by week, I help keep you on track to reach your divine right destination. Make a commitment to yourself to set your GPS in the right direction. So this time, your Mr. Right is yours for the journey. And you finally reach the destination that is so rightfully yours. Go to coachpaulagrooms.com slash programs. Fill out the questionnaire and we'll be talking soon. So we're back with uh, 33-year-old Lizzie talking about what she can do to become the superwoman. She already is, but in the presentation to Taylor so that he is desirous again, wants to attain you again, wants to achieve you again, and wants to be back with his super strong rock that you were for him always, I bet. I bet you were always his rock. You are a thousand percent right. He, um, it's funny, he got laid off from his job in the height of the pandemic, and I was working to find him a new job. I was networking. I was going out with people. I was, you know, sending his resume and like I was in his LinkedIn, you know, messaging and networking him with people and connecting him. And ultimately I got him his dream job. And um, he's been at that job now for over a year, but I did everything to get him that job. I connected him with people there at the company to get him an interview then they wanted him to do a presentation I made his presentation I mean I did everything for him so I would say that I was definitely his rock um, and his you know support for sure okay so anyone listening to this ladies don't do it don't do it it doesn't help you You can support him in doing what he needs to do. But in doing anything for him like that, it will not serve you. It's not that it's not appreciated in the moment. It is. And that's what is a real um, uh, messing with your mind kind of thing. Because it's like, well, he seems so appreciative in the moment. He is. Doesn't inspire him for desire, which must be there. See, think about it this way. Who does things for their man? And when I say their man, in this kind of way. You know who does that? Mom. Mom does that for her boy. 
And quite frankly, once a man is grown, he doesn't want mom to do it either. So we can't. We can support them in doing what they need to do. Well, I know you'll figure it out. Hey, I have a friend who um, I think they're looking for somebody uh, with your skill sets and you may want to send the resume. I can text you their name if you want it. Nothing more. Nothing more. The man needs to feel like he is the big cheese. I would bet, and go out on a limb, Lizzie, and say that the new gal that Taylor is with doesn't measure up to you in that way at all. Lovely woman, not saying anything against her. All I'm saying is that she likely does not do anything for him. He's doing for her, maybe. And she doesn't have your strength, acumen, maybe intelligence, um, fortitude, any of it. Do you know anything about her? I don't know anything about her. Okay. I know all I know is she's from an incredibly wealthy family. Ah, okay, all right. So we don't know, but I'd go out on a limb and kind of bet on it because it's kind of like this stereotypical situation: gal meets um, guy in med school. He's going to be the doctor and they're in love and they're going to get married. And so she says, okay, you know, let me put my stuff on hold and put you through medical school. So she works, puts him through medical school. This is stereotypical. Goes for years. They have the 2.5 kids and the dog. He gets through medical school. He's the big cheese. He's making what he wants to make now. He's all through all the turmoil and tough times. Now he's reaping the benefits. Guess what happens? Goes and finds somebody not at all like the wife. She needs his money. Um, she's younger. She wants now. This is stereotypical. Okay, happens all the time whether it's med school, law school, the woman behind the man. There's a Seinfeld episode where it's because it's so in our uh, lexicon, our vernacular, so to speak, socially. Elaine is dating a guy who is he uh, didn't pass the medical um, it's the equivalent of the bar I forget what it is um, for doctors but he didn't get his license and he failed it three times and there's funny scenes of him like he's she wants to say I'm dating a doctor but he's not really a doctor yet because he can't really practice because he doesn't have the license so yada 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 the end is he passes and she's so happy he passes and he's now a doctor licensed and he said he's breaking up with her she's but why he said elaine 
it's the dream of every man to become a doctor so he can get and date somebody better. I'm, I'm doing, you know, some disservice to it. But that's the idea. And what the better actually is, is someone who mm, maybe doesn't... Ha and, and the stereotypical part of it is that she was behind him to become the doctor. And all I'm saying is that if you're doing this and supporting the man in that kind of way, it may feel good to you, feel connected. He's appreciative of it, but it's not going to help you go the distance. This is just psychologically for males. They want to be the peacock. And if you are a member of my 8020 Wonder Club, take the peacock test there. Know where your man is on the scale vis-a-vis -vis you if he's a peacock. They want to be the one with the beautiful plumes. And in our society, that is, he is um, just that little bit over and above you in certain areas. And it's not a one-size-fits-all. It has to be that man vis-a-vis -vis you because one woman's peacock is another woman's pigeon. Take that test and figure it out. It, it helps because if you are doing things like this, you need to stop. So let's get back to you, Lizzie. I digressed a little there just to help listeners understand why it's not very helpful to be his savior in that way. Does that make any sense to you? Unfortunately, it makes perfect sense and it makes me very sad at myself. Uh, Messing up. No, I don't want you to look back. Everything is about learning. Now you know because this is going to infuse you and help you to know he can be your savior in a way. Oh my God. If ever you needed a guy to kind of march in and be a knight in shining armor, it's now, correct? Mm hmm So there's that side of it. But interestingly, how you do this is kind of oxymoronic. In other words, you cannot show yourself to be the damsel in distress in any way, shape, or form. Now, that kind of messes with you, right? It's like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you just say these women were like more needy and not as strong and all of that? Yes. But he's going to go through that phase and miss his best friend. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You cannot be the damsel in distress. You must show him, no, I'm so superwoman that only a superhero is deserving of me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I am so effing awesome and amazing that only a superhero and you, my friend, drop the ball. You're not even in the ring. He's got to feel that 
So it's how, correct? How do you do that? Exactly. Um, That's what I'm asking. Yes. I mean, how 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 do I do it? And two, how do I get him to see it if we're not, you know, communicating? Right. Okay. So let's go first to what you need to be focused on for yourself to start to create the right energy to allow it to occur, okay? That's what I'm talking about with the manifesting. You have to become that miracle woman, okay? And what I mean by that is to the degree and in your mind. It's a, it's a, it's a profound thing. When, when Kennedy went to, I think the scientist was Werner von Braun, I believe. And he said in like 1962, when he was elected, I want a man on the moon by 1969. What will it take? And all Werner said to him was the will to do it. Now, whether you believe we actually went to the moon or not, not the point. It's that anything that is worthwhile is challenging. Anything that's really difficult are usually the things that we go for, our goals. In other words, our goal isn't to get some gum at checkout, right? It's not a goal. It's a who cares. I either do or I don't. Goals are serious, life-changing things when when we've gotten them, correct? Yeah. There's no greater goal than your health, than your um, not giving in to this, what other people have told you. Just like with that miracle man. He was told every single day, you won't breathe again. You're on a respirator. The reality was he was on a respirator, something breathing for him. Not too much dire than that, right? Overcame it with his mind. And you will be so, um, if you can get your hands on that movie, and I recommend anybody with anything you're doing, you need to be lifted up and know that your God-given um, everything about you can can do what it needs to do to get you what you want. That's going to help you. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. I'm almost certain. Uh, just Google it. The Secret. Get the original Secret. And I know there's a um, another one that came out years later with a lot of the same people. But get the original Secret. It's a little, it's a little cheesy because it was done in 2000. So it seems a little. There was a part of it that you you just in the beginning have to overcome. The music is a little over the top, but the message is amazing and it will really help you. You have to immerse yourself. Your your mind can do amazing things, and you have to immerse yourself in this. What you do with him now is you show him. I am what I'm doing. I am this Wonder Woman. 
and I don't mean the Wonder Woman that we talk about here, like um, making him wonder. It is the actual, you know, superpower woman. And that you need to be a superhero to be with me. So he's not in contact with you now, correct? Correct. But you showed him he can be, correct? Correct. Okay. So what you're going to do is show him, no, I've made another decision. You don't deserve to be. Now, it's the way we do that that either inspires him or just is um, hurtful, damaging. No. No. I can guarantee you will be hearing from him again. I guarantee you that. In other words, if I had to take my last dollar and put it down on that, I would. I, I, I like your confidence there. Mm -hmm. So here's one way you could help that. And that is, I don't know if well-meaning friends are, or family or anybody is in contact with him doing your bidding. Is that happening at all? I don't think so, but is it? It, it, it might be. Um, I don't think my friends are in regular contact with him. Okay, good. And I can ask them to not be if they are too. Yeah. There's only two that I can think of that would be. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, what I would ask the friends to do, and I don't want you to tell them much at all, is, you know, I've made a decision about Taylor. If he contacts you and wants to know how I'm doing, I ask that you simply say, you know, my loyalties are with Lizzie and I don't feel at liberty to talk about her. I trust that if you want to know, you'll be in touch with her yourself. I really, some friends would be okay with saying, I really don't want to get in the middle and I don't really want to be telling tales out of school. I don't know the situation between you two and you know, I trust that if you want to be in touch with her, you will. So some version of that, Lizzie, you need to ask your friends to do. And you don't tell them, listen, I'm attempting to get him back. And so I want to do this. It's no, no. The less they know, the better. Okay. You can even say, this is for my healing and well-being. I've decided you know, that this is my focus and nothing is going to come between that and I'm not interested in hearing from him. That's huge. And I'll tell you why this works. Nothing is more challenging for a man in terms of this kind of thing than the word no. You see, he does not deserve to be in touch with you. He kind of knows it. But the fact that you don't, or that you allow it, kind of lessens your position, even can lessen you in his eyes. Does that make sense? Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So we got to show him like, 
you did me wrong. And this has nothing to do with you getting sick. In other words, he didn't leave you for that. That's not the reason. I'd be telling you the same thing, even if the diagnosis was not even in the picture. Okay? Yeah. Because 10 years, and this is what occurred, and he left you, and you didn't... Okay, yes, it's kind of your bad that you didn't go for commitment. And I don't mean ultimatums. And if you are in a relationship, anyone listening to this, you know you want to marry, have kids. You should not any longer than a year. It should not be. And I mean a year from the time you become a couple. Now, if you're saying, I don't really care about marriage. I don't really care about kids. I'm a little older. I've had my kids. Okay. But there's a range. In other words, it cannot go on forever without it being locked down in a particular way. And if you have gone for two, three, four more years, and especially if you are living together, it, it, you need to, to do this strategy that is, I mean, it's formulaic in how it brings a man back. And I've never had it not bring him back. Has it not gone the distance when he's come back? Yes, because of missteps or it's truly not meant to be or the love is not there or the woman's moved on or what have you, but it will get him back. And I believe that that, you know, can happen. You've got to believe it first in order to see it. That's the quantum physics part of it. That's the mind over matter part of it. That's the psychological part of it. That's the manifesting part of it. So when he first reaches out again, that could be two hours, two days, two weeks, two months. It could be longer, but it will happen. I trust that it will happen somewhere around this coming holiday season, which is at the time of this is pretty close by. Would you agree? Yeah, it will be our first holiday season not together yeah so it's likely going to happen then here's what you need to do and it's going to take everything you have to do it first order of business you tell the friends okay second order of business when he reaches out what do you think it's going to be around the holidays is it just a happy thanksgiving merry christmas what do you think it's going to be um I don't know. Like, I can't see him saying Merry Christmas. And he is, um, we were supposed to do a trip to Italy on Thanksgiving, but he's still, I think he's still doing that with his family. So he won't be here for Thanksgiving. So I'd be surprised. I would think if anything, it would be like something we used to do. Like, um, we always went Black Friday shopping together, like a tradition. I would think it would be something about like, Black Friday shopping or something that we used to, to do together. But to be honest, I don't, I really don't know. Okay. Not a problem. Could be that. It could be if he's going with his family without the new girlfriend, it could happen when he's in Italy. Yeah. Something that we wanted to do together in Italy, maybe. Uh-huh. And a reminder 
Yeah, he knows Italy has always been number one on my bucket list, and he had been planning a trip for us for a long time. Um, so it could be about something that he sees or does in Italy. Yeah. Okay, here's where it gets tough. Because when he does that, guess what you do? Don't respond. <laughs> you see how fast, how easy it is? Now, that's going to be the hardest thing you do. Because everything in you is going to say, if I don't, that'll be it. That is exactly what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. if, if I don't respond, then why would he reach out again? Or how do we mm -hmm. fix things from there? Mm -hmm. It's antithetical to us because if I were working with a man in this situation, and the woman reached out, the last thing I would tell him is to not answer. Completely different. Men and women, night and day, sun and rain, on and off, stop and go. You see where I'm getting? Yeah, it's different for men and women. You must present as that Wonder Woman, I am done with you. You blew it. So you see what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. You must show, I am now in the major leagues. I am now Steph Curry. You think you're LeBron James. Now the play begins. Because before, I was just a B-League player wanting to do anything to play with you. Do you see? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Because here's what happens to the man. So he reaches out, any of these things you said, maybe it's Italy, whatever. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. I want you to look down at it. And I want you to see this is the start. It now begins. If you don't answer. Because what that does is it begins the clock ticking on him starting to feel different starting to wonder, starting to question. If you don't answer, what do you think happens next? Well, I, I, I mean, he starts thinking, why didn't she answer? What is she doing? And it, and it piques his interest, but that's where I, after that, I don't know, like. But let's look at it just logically. You're, you know, you're suffering with this, what's going on for you, and you don't answer. What would any person who is even wondering do? 
connect with the friend. Right. Is he still connected to your parents? I mean, he he hasn't spoken with my parents, but he has their phone numbers and my sister's phone number. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's way too cowardly to be calling your parents. Yeah, he definitely hasn't reached out to my family at all. Sure. But the friends, he will. Hey, is everything okay with Lizzie? And they say a version of what I just told you. Then the clock starts ticking even more. Oh, my God. She thinks I'm an ass. She's done with me. She doesn't like me. Um, she's not going to be a friend anymore. Um, the guilt. It starts him thinking of you in a whole different... Then he's he's not thinking of you now. Okay? It starts him thinking, oh my God. This is so different than what he would ever expect of you. Correct? Yeah. This is what it takes. A total turnaround so the friends then answer what they're going to answer so that he coasts on for a little bit like oh okay she's okay hmm how come I mean she was fine before what's happened how come right just wondering that's all so here's what can be happening in what we call the 3D world. It's called the bridge of incidents in manifesting. She's going along, going along, going along with new girlfriend. And suddenly it's not so new anymore. The bloom is off the rose, so to speak. Something happens in his life whereby his rock his best friend, all of it, she's not there. Maybe they have an argument, maybe discover something about her he doesn't, who knows what, but something, okay? He reaches out again. I don't know when that will be, but it will be. He will test the waters again, and here's what you have to hear and know, and know like you know your name. It is not what you answer. It is the fact that you answer that he will coast on forever. In other words, if you answer that one, you're also done. It's going to take you eons to make up for that answer. Eons of no answering to make up for that. Because again, it's not what you answer, it's that he got you to answer. That's acceptance. That's him knowing, oh, phew, okay, she'll answer when I, you know, maybe if I don't want this girl anymore, or when I'm feeling anxiety over something, or when I need my friend, or whatever, she'll answer. Many of us go wrong in this, in the answering then, because it's like, oh, he must be thinking he wants to get back. Mm -mm. At that point, no, he is not. It's not about getting back. It's about assuaging whatever is going on for him. That assuaging can range from 
guilt and loss, all of that, too. Um, I just wonder what she's thinking. Um, I just want to know that maybe sometime in the next 50 years, we'll be in touch. It is not about getting back together. You cannot answer that one. That's the second text message. Yeah. And I, this is time, is it's all going along in time. You cannot answer until. Now, what I mean by that is that eventually he'll say, hey, listen, or, you know, you don't want to hear from me. I guess I won't text anymore or something like that. Would he do that? I don't know that he would do that. I think he would, he would get angry if I didn't respond, I think. Good. So what would, what would eventually come? I think he would just stop texting or go to a friend. I don't, I don't know that he would, I don't know that he would send and say like, do you not want me to talk to you or are you okay? okay? Or I don't know. All right. I want you to think back to that guy who would not take no for an answer when you would not be his girlfriend. That's who he is. Yeah. I haven't seen that guy in a long time. We make a mistake when we don't allow them to be that guy. This strategy is the only way of him possibly being that guy again. Yeah. He is that guy. And when he shows signs of being that guy is when you drop the hammer on it. And it's kind of like this. Taylor, I've received your messages. I am healing and becoming the best version of myself ever. I will forever cherish our time together, but that has come to an end. Please respect my wishes to not be in contact. I wish you well in your new life and love. Take care. You just turned the tables. This is deeply psychological for men. As I said, first of all, there are no men listening to this podcast. But if I were working with a man, there would be no way in hell I would ever be recommending that he do this. That is not the psychology of women. It is not what gets women going. It does not present a challenge for women. It is hurtful. It is painful. It is awful. For the man, when he's that kind of man who did what he did, and all men, they're heterosexual, this is what happens. 
I don't care if he's shy or whatever, but to one degree or another, this gets him going like, oh, she doesn't want my penis. She doesn't want all the greatness of me. <laughs> I'll show her. Now, is that conscious in his mind? No, but it's, there's a version of it going on. And it's the only way to rekindle the desire. You have to trust the friendship, the love that you are his family too. All of that's still there. A missing piece that you can get back. And this is the way to get it back. It's the hardest thing you will ever do. Okay? In terms of relationships. The hardest thing you'll ever do. But anything worthwhile is difficult, challenging, hard. And I've never known it not to work in one way, shape, or form. And mostly, I would say 80%, women get what they want. They get them back fully. So in that, after I send that message, right, after two or three texts, three texts, I think that was, um, then, then what? Like, you wait again for him to text or? Of course. Like, how do you go from saying, I don't ever want to talk to you to, right? okay, I will if you propose to me. Okay, think about what you did. I'm really not interested. I'm seeing somebody else. I'm, you know, I'm not willing to be your girlfriend now. I'm, you know, what did he do? He made it happen. Yeah. So he would do that again. Uh-huh. He will make it happen. It will come to, you know, I, I'm, I just had, you know, because I have my program calls and I had one the other day and she's like, I just can't believe it. What he's doing, I never thought he would ever make these gestures from what we were. And the fact that I haven't answered him in two months He's still trying the same tactics to get her to respond. I said, just wait, because the next thing will be, for example, flowers at your door. Some bigger. It's going to slowly, it just ramps up. Uh, I hope so much that you're right, because I'm going to do what you say. It's at that time where... The work really begins because it's week to week. What's he doing? What's he saying? What are the texts? What are the, right? Because it's going to take everything in you. Everything in you. I even had my clients change the contacts, uh, the contact name. Look down and see what, you know, when I say put one um, gal came up with this, it was like, this is brilliant. This is perfect. It's working. He changed his contact name to it's working. So every time the text comes in, it's working. I love that. Isn't it great? 
I was reading in a manifest group that people were changing their names to um, husband or fiance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, great. Yep. Yep. But this one is very profound because you have to stay on track. You have to stay on track. And, you know, that's what I do in my Lure Him Back and Lure Him In programs because it's so important. Because the moment you give in, you alleviate the anxiety and wonder necessary to bring him back. It has to be timed right. It has to be when. It has to be until. Like this gal I was just telling you. She's now not in an anxious place because it's apparent he's going to continue. I think, um, I think my fear, and I, I know this goes against like law of assumption, but my fear is that he's going to think that this girl is the one for him and that they're going to end up engaged or married, you know. If you live in your fear, you'll create it. That's why I'm saying you've got to get super busy, not only in manifesting your health, manifesting this. Super busy. Because if you live in that fear, that's what you will create. You've got to become that superwoman. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying it's easy. Please don't think I'm cavalier about it. And you've, you know, you've just been giving, given this. I mean, it was a huge blow. This is, talk about life-changing in every way. Because he, everything's been turned around. You may have known a little bit about manifesting or whatever, but your life was going along in a very kind of um, easy trajectory, so to speak. Right? I mean, everybody has life stuff, but, you know, you were healthy, you were had this relationship, you know, life was good, right? Very, very. I was really happy. I mean, yeah. there weren't, it wasn't happy every day. We had issues, you know, selling the condo and, you know, regular unemployment, money issues, but not, not this. Right, right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying is that this is huge in that way and life-changing and now you have to put everything you have in this everything and we're scratching the surface here of the manifesting and how to do it we're kind of scratching the surface in terms of the other umbrella which is what you do with him but it's an outline and when he does you know, come back and you have that um, text ready. And in this case, it would be that because he doesn't deserve anything more about it, right? It's, it's a, think of it as a, this is, for lack of a better way to put it, a chess move, a chess game. And I don't ever like to couch anything we do in terms of games. It's not that. It is that we must know where we're going to get there. And to know where we're going, we need a plan. 
And to have a plan, we need to know what it entails to even make a plan, right? Mm -hmm. It's step by step by step by step. And you have the outline now. And when he comes back, it's going to take everything you have not to text an answer. But that's when the clock starts ticking. You tell the friends, you don't answer. And that's when our work would be really, really begin. Now, on the flip side, you need to be starting the manifesting work. And those of you who have listened to me, you know, I recommend all manner of people. Um, for a specific person, absolutely Dylan James, um, Sylvia Nuccio, Simply Create with L, E-L-L-E, Nea, N-E-Y-A-H, uh, The Manifesting House, um, Sleeping with um, Sleep Meditations. Um, I'm coming out with another one. I have one there, especially if you did not have the attention, affection, um, real presence. And I just don't mean man, you know, like father figure in your house. But when I say present, present with you, giving you time, attention, affection as a child, uh, my sleep meditation would be very good for that. Always, if you're using sleep meditations, use the I am form of sleep meditation, not you are. Um, those are my recommendations. Jessica Heslop is one. Um, I like hers. Um, very, very important. You have to get into your subconscious mind. And when your subconscious mind knows what you need to know, you will execute it in a much easier way. And we're going to get your self-concept back to being the amazing Wonder Woman that you are. Thank, thank you. I um, I hope that you're right. <laughs> I I fully trust you, and I'm going to do what you say. Um, I think my question is like, what are the chances that after the first or second text, he doesn't write back again? He gives up because maybe he's not that person that he was 10 years ago. Maybe he's seen how easy it is to get another girl right away. Perhaps. If you put your thinking there, that's what you'll get, most definitely. Because you won't feel worthy enough to have it. If you don't live in the state of knowing that you are the best thing that has ever happened to him, you may lose out. If at the end of the day, when you've given it the 110% that it's needed, if there's another choice, well, so be it. But if you don't do it and you give up too soon, you will never know. Is this worthy of you doing it until and what I mean by until I mean until it's proven otherwise until you've found someone else that you want is it worth it yeah I mean I'm not I'm not really dating right now um but yeah yeah I wonder too like if if I 
if I did try to date, how successful I would be in a wheelchair. If you feel it's an issue, it will be one. If you don't, it won't. And that may sound so simplistic. Hey, has life changed? Of course it has. But every day is the first day of the rest of our lives. We must make it what it can be. You must set about, because I hear all of this stuff from your subconscious mind pulling you back. Pulling you back to what was known, right? Because that's the comfortable place. But when things change in our outer world, we have to make adjustments, right? Right. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have to set about, and this is all new, and you've been amazing to listen to it, to get it as you have. And I know that you can do this. It's a combination of intention, time, consistency, unwavering commitment. Already you're asking the what ifs and the what ifs always have to do with what if it doesn't work, right? Definitely right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the depression talking. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Hard to, it's hard to not, I mean, it's, I, it, I wish it were easier to not have that beast be fed, but it is um, definitely the fear takes over for sure. sure. And, and not just relationship wise either. I mean, health wise, it's been something that I've been battling for the last couple of weeks when people tell me like, be positive, like have hope. Um, that's definitely something that I've been struggling with to stay in that I'll fight this mode and not the, oh my gosh, my life is over mode. Mm -hmm. So it's, think of it now is it is beginning. It is beginning in this new form, but you can do so much about it. We want to empower you that way because first of all, I truly believe it. Set about those tasks and your mental diet must be nothing but this kind of work. That's going to include affirmations, uh, but mostly the deeper work. Um, I also would recommend for you specifically, Lizzie, is, for example, Joe Dispenza. If you don't know his work, Google him on YouTube, Joe Dispenza. Others like him. There is so much available to you now to be consistently doing this work in almost um, in two fashions. One is, you know, somewhat entertaining, informational, but entertaining. Um, but it's mind blowing. And uh, Lewis Howes has an initial, I think, or I should say, it's a great introduction to Dr. Joe Dispenza and his work. Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, and then H-O-W-E-S. Great one to listen to. Uh, another um, guy who does this kind of work and is in this space and using your mind to make you well, Andrew 
probably Huberman or Huberman, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. So those are a few. Listen to this again and, um, you know, take those names down and search them on YouTube. And I hope, although I know this was just a start and kind of scratching the surface, I hope this was helpful for you today. Yeah, thank you so much for for having me on and for, um, if anything, just letting me share my story. And I hope so much that, you know, well, I don't hope, I hope nobody can relate to it. But if anybody does, um, knowing that they're not alone, because I know for me, it's been enormously isolating and painful. I can only imagine, and it would be very, very good to, um, you know, search online communities for support in it. Now, some people find that useful um, and it can be helpful, but I would say only for a time because again, what we focus on, we get more of. So in other words, just like with the Miracle Man, you want to take your mind away from everything that you don't want and only put it on what you want. It's amazing and sometimes we think, well, what does that do? That's just living in our mind. No, there's actually a lot of evidence that it is much more than that and actually creates your reality, just like with the Miracle Man. Yeah, I will say the the online groups for MS specifically have probably done more damage than good for me um, in the way of lots of people, you know, the ones in the groups are the ones that didn't have... Uh, the best outcomes and are the ones that are definitely still suffering. So um, everybody, my doctor, my family have, have been telling me to, to spend a little bit less time in those groups. But mm -hmm. I'll say this, I was very scared for the spinal tap procedure that I had the other week. I had read a million horror stories online about like people that just all sorts of like chronic pain after it and how violently painful the procedure was and it was cake for me I mean it was not bad so I'm hoping with you know the rest of my um, prognosis is more in line with that where I've been told and have read horror stories um, but it ended up being okay I'm I'm hopeful for for that wonderful yes Wonderful. And again, set about this work. Give yourself a lot of um, a lot of time on this. When you get into a new mind frame and start living there with what you want, we haven't talked at all about the imaginal act and all that we would do in working together. And certainly you and I can talk about that off the air. But I want to thank you so much for doing this today. I know it is helpful to so many people. And regardless of what, whether it's something as serious as what you're dealing with or something maybe smaller and just niggling and bothersome in any way, I know you've helped many people by doing this. So thank you. I hope so. I um, I really hope, I know for me, if I had heard something like this, it would have been extremely helpful. Um, you know, just as a listener. So I, I do hope that it's helpful to other people. And I, I hope more that nobody can relate, though. I understand that. And again, thank you. Please take care. And please come on again and update us.
I will happily and hopefully with good news. Absolutely. We're going to manifest that for you. It will be good news. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I trust that you got a lot out of this today. And as we are approaching Thanksgiving 2022, I felt this was a really good time to release this episode as we can take from Lizzie's situation great thanks for what we have. She actually has so much as well to be grateful for. But during times of challenge, it's it's difficult to take stock of those things. And this is so profound for us, whether it is a health situation like Lizzie's, a, a work situation, a personal situation, and Lizzie is dealing with a lot, but she has great resilience and is a true Wonder Woman. And we are all going to manifest for her that this holiday season, she has wonderful things happen to her and for her. I hope she will be back to give us all of that good news about Taylor. I have no doubt that he will be back. If you are dealing with a situation like this, I hope you will take stock of being thankful for so many things because you are here. That means you have a knowing. And if you didn't come here with that knowing or you feel you didn't come here with that knowing, you actually did. Because if you didn't have a spark of knowing, the moment you heard one of these episodes, you would have never listened again. Because when I speak, write, whatever it is, the truth in me is actually speaking to the truth in you. That's something to be very grateful for. And I bet you have grown so much. Another thing to be grateful for. You are here and you are able to grow. You have grown and this is going to give you the chance to be back with whomever you'd like to be back with if that's the case or to create a new and wonderful love in your life by becoming love, living in the state of love. And that is what manifesting is all about. Please, if you haven't seen the movie The Secret that I discussed and know that Lizzie will get so much from viewing, I hope you will do that as well. What a wonderful time of year to be watching it, holiday season. 
and going into the new year. What do you want in 2023? Let's make it happen. You can. You can manifest it. If it's a particular man or relationship, let's get you going on it. If you have the relationship, then let's keep it well-oiled by being the mechanic of that relationship and please go to coachpaulagrooms.com and check out my GPS, the groom positioning system so that you can guide your relationship on the right track to getting to full commitment. If you are just dating, you need to be online. So check out my One Love self-help course online to never-ending love. Because men are online and you need to be there as well to make it happen. I'm thinking of a client of mine who was so resistant to online when I first spoke with her. And she had a trust. And she said, I'll do it because you think it's a good idea. She didn't want to do a particular uh, site that I told her to. And she, um, she agreed. Maybe it was her inner knowing. But the first man that she met online proposed to her just five months later. They were in love. They are now married. And uh, her story is on my Instagram, Lori. Lori just gave birth. She's over 40. What a wonderful story. And she did the work. She made it happen. She believed. And if you believe anything is possible, there's a wonderful saying. I don't know who said it. It could have been uh, Wayne Dyer. It's not that seeing is believing. Believing is seeing. Meaning that whatever you believe, you will see in your reality. That's what manifesting is about. And we're going to hold that this season and onward in our hearts for Lizzie, for your own heart. Be thankful and grateful for all that you have. That will create a lot in your life as well. And in the meantime, don't forget, with any man in your life, how important it is to make him wonder. Wonder.